Welcome to another edition of BJ Shea's Board Game Alliance, and I am not Joey D's. In fact, I am Vicky. She always delivers on time. Barcelona. Hey! Hey! Perfect! It was perfecto. <laughs> uh, with me, we have Josh Utley of the Omega Gamers. Hey, how's it going? As well as Sean Epperson from Thing 12 Games. Oh, hey, hey! And we have another episode without Joey D's, like I mentioned. So let's get right to it, guys. Uh, what is our contact info, Josh? Uh, just go to bjgeeknation.com. You'll get all the podcasts, blogs, interviews, videos, links, and more. More! Uh, Cthulhu more, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> also, search for us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, radio.com. And always, those five-star reviews on iTunes are stupendous. Yes, please do. Um because we need them. We need validation that we clearly did not get as children. Anywho, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we should start off the episode with Quick Starter instead of having it at the end. What do you think? It's a good idea. Let's mix it up. All right, next up, we had an interview with Talon Coleman of Cat Dragon Games. Hey, Talon, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. First off, I have to say I really love the name Cat Uh, Dragon. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, in your first name, too. No, thank you. It's actually really funny on how that day came around. As I was stressing and stressing uh, back when I was talking to my dad, I was like, man, what do I call my company? Like, we got Catalyst Games. We've got Redshift Games. Like, uh-huh. we have some fun games. And he's like, you know what? Just take your ta- two favorite things and just smash them together. <laughs> I was like, really? He's like, yeah. I was like, fine. Cat Dragon Games it is. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. <laughs> and while we laughed about it, it somehow just stuck over the years that we thought about it. And it was like, you know what? We're going to do it. <laughs> Uh, but you have a new game that's coming out. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, the new game is called Elder Die. Not to be confused with other dice who are producing these really cool Cthulian dice-looking things. So Elder Die is a push-your-luck dice-rolling game set in the HP Lovecraft universe Ooh. where you're kind of traveling around Arkham just like normal. But instead of being the characters, you are rolling the dice to try and seal away the Elder Gods, hopefully for good this time. Oh, uh, what game would you kind of compare it to? Um... That's a really hard one because it's <laughs> – I don't play a lot of dice – push your luck mm-hmm. dice rolling games. But the closest ones that probably come to mind are uh, Steve Jackson's um, – oh, what do they call it? Zombie dice game. Mm, yes. But with a little bit more of the actual gameplay of mm-hmm. not just I'm looking for the one the one symbol. I actually have to create – combinations of symbols to actually progress through so unlike zombie dice where you kind of started with everything this one says i'm an investigator and i have to work my way to find the other power foci or the other Mm -hmm. dice that actually give me the powers necessary to seal away the elder gods otherwise i'm just an investigator with my little four black dice and just nothing happens (laughs) so is this a competitive game or a cooperative game or it is a competitive game so on every turn you are going to be shown the full set of dice so at all times there's 13 dice in front of you uh the four black dice are the investigators or the action dice we call them the grays um, the things that you start with are cultist dice. So during your turn, you will start your turn as picking up the four action dice. You'll go ahead and roll them, and you're going to, over the course of three rolls, collect different symbols that you want to save while also having to take any bad consequences that are rolled up from those dice. At the end of the third round, you'll be able to turn any symbols in to do an action like unlock a power foci or, if you're near the end of the game, seal away the Elder God because you'll need a certain set of symbols to do so. So the Elder God is defined by a set of dice, or is there like a 
uh, cards that define those characters or the Elder Gods that you're basically trying to Yeah, there will be a card um, set. So every uh, Elder God card will not only show you what Elder God that you have, there will be the potential chance that it will modify how the field works potentially. And then on the left-hand side, I'm hoping the left-hand side of the columns when I get the layout done, it will also show you what symbols you will need at the end of the game to actually win the game. So Cthulhu, for example, needs three artifacts, four arcane lore, and five clues to be sealed away. And that is how your end goal for winning as facing Cthulhu. And only one person will get to do so. Oh, wow. Okay. So there, there's a little bit of, I guess, cooperation because you don't want to have one person kind of out, right? Because you kind of need to work together in a sense, to be able to do that? Or is nope. It... If you unlock a dice, it is only personally for yourself. Oh, it's I am okay. the librarian or the investigator, and things are happening in Arkham, and I'm going through, and I was like, wow, I found this piece of you know powerful artifact. That's my artifact now. If I've unlocked it, nobody else still has it until they have unlocked the same thing. So it's a kind of a little bit of a different take because most uh, HP Lovecraft games tend to be cooperative. So this one would be not only a different genre of gaming style since there's not... I think any push your luck Cthulhu games out there, but it'll also have the versus competition, but I'm not able to directly interact with my other players unless I have certain character cards that allow me to kind of mess with them. Um, <laughs> but, now you're singing my praise right here. <laughs> but uh, there's a, there's no, if I unlock the dice, everyone gets the dice. If I unlock the dice, it's only for myself. And I get a little token that says I've unlocked this dice. So I don't have to remember it myself. That's cool. Again, we're talking about Elder Die, which is on Kickstarter right now. Just search for Elder Die, or you can also search for uh, Cat Dragon uh, games. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what any of the uh, stretch goals we can uh, look forward to? So something that I'm really hoping to put in there, I'm still kind of finagling right now to make sure that it's not going to hurt the Kickstarter, because what I want to do is see the game succeed itself and not mm -hmm. the auxiliary stuff. But I know for sure that we're definitely going to see exclusive Elder Gods, exclusive characters. I'm hoping along the lines I can bring in fun characters like Alhazad the Mad Monk. Um, <laughs> so I'm hopefully going to throw him out there as an exclusive. I don't know if it's a playable character, but maybe he'll be a character that comes in to mess with the game just like the Elder Gods. Nice. <laughs> I'm looking at your uh, Kickstarter page, and I would love to see Glitch. Glitch the Cat Dragon? Glitch the Cat Dragon looks amazing. <laughs> I don't know if you can make that a mini just for me or, or a stuffy as a part of a stretch goal. I thought about make, turning him to a plushie. I am yeah. in love with Glitch. He looks awesome. All right, Thank for he those or she. listening at home, now is he a cat that, you know, hangs out with dragons and kind of rules them? Are they a cat mixed with a dragon? Are they, uh, are they a, what, what is it? Cat, Glitch the Cat Dragon is the kind of fruition of a, you know several years ago where someone was like, hey, I drew this really cute little animal-looking thing, and it had like these little tiny bat-looking wing wings, and it was really poorly drawn. But I loved it from the start, and I started incorporating Glitch um, and his tendencies into every single game. So Ooh. actually, all three of the games that have been released so far, um, I'm sorry, two games and then Elder Die coming up, will have Glitch somewhere hidden in the game. Ooh. So in every, even in the two previous games, he's hidden somewhere on the box, on a playing card. Maybe he'll actually show up as a character in Elder Die this time or as an Elder <laughs> God. I have no idea. He is adorable. That's <laughs> awesome. That's cool. Now I can bring my cat on cos in cosplay to uh, pack some play. I don't think your cat's going to like that. No, probably not. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Do you have a character that's just like covered in cat scratches just everywhere because he decided to torment it? 
No, but in uh, I Would Fight the Dragon, the game previous to this one, uh, you can see him on the box. I'll even spoil it. He's on the side when you lift the lid up. He's chasing all the knights and the dragon across the, bo- across the board because <laughs> no one wants to fight the cat dragon. Seems legit. Uh, I got one question for you. Um, how long has this game been in development? Like when, when did you get started with it? So this game had a little bit of turmoil. The game, if you want to say the development is when I first had the idea to almost the, the final release of it, you would have to say it's probably about six, seven years. But that's not technically a true scope. The game has only really been in true development for about a year or so. Um, and the reason for that would be because of when I was first designing or first becoming a designer for board games and card games, I had the whole newbie aspect of taking everyone's advice and trying to incorporate it rather than trying to find feedback to help with my design. So I ended up burning myself out on Elder Die actually years ago. That was actually six or seven years ago. Um, I set the game down and I moved on to do two other projects. And after I finished those ones, I realized that after my time with Catalyst and Redshift and Rather Dashing, I had become a stronger designer. So I brought some of my old designs back out and one of them happened to be Elder Die. Spent a couple of nights with it and realized that after I threw all the crap that, you know, 17 or 18 year old me had dumped into it, <laughs> the game itself was actually really solid and I just hadn't been able to see it at the time because I was too weak of a designer. And now that I'm stronger, it's a much better game now because of it. You have cool. leveled up multiple yeah. times. Yeah, leveled up multiple <laughs> times to get to this point. That's awesome. And again, uh, go to Kickstarter, uh, Elder Die, definitely check it out. I'd say, and that's a good thing for anyone that's interested in design in general. Like, don't give up on your ideas. Sometimes you just need to step away for a while and then, you know, do, play some other games or try some different things and then come back to it later and you have a new perspective. So yeah, that's cool. it, you, it's definitely something you have to keep in mind. Sometimes the game just doesn't work, but maybe there's a mechanic in that game you could use elsewhere, and that's how I keep a lot of designs alive. So what level, uh, what's the cost for the base game? Well, I just want the game, where are we at? Uh, if you just want the base game, it's going to be $25. Oh, that's not bad. It's got 13 dice. It's going to have um, four Elder Gods and six or eight eight character cards I believe that have a little bit of variation in there and obviously the Kickstarter will unlock more as that goes on at least I'm hoping so (laughs) it's like well definitely and I feel like you're at a very uh, reasonable request for $5,000 I feel like I see a lot of these games that (laughs) want like the entire world like I want a million (laughs) dollars on a jet ski to make this game and And they're not even (laughs) solid games yeah and that's the interesting part is actually that that number used to be 7,500 and that's actually because of estimations uh, that I had to make in my own head, knowing what the industry usually looks like when it comes to having 13 dice in a board mm-hmm. game. Um, that's a lot of molding costs and tooling costs. That Those get pretty pricey. And I was estimating that tooling costs to be somewhere of excess of like five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000. So I put it at $7,500 because I just wanted the game to succeed. I could fund the game either way, but I really want to see the extra cool stuff that I couldn't do on my own, those mm-hmm. extra characters, the exclusive god cards. You know, maybe a new dice that I might try and throw in there at some point if I can figure out how to finagle that properly. It's just interesting how getting a single quote or even a couple quotes from a couple of competitor uh, manufacturing competitors really goes, wow, I can actually do this for 5000 not the 7000 So I immediately dropped it as soon as I knew. Oh, that's really oh, awesome. Yeah. And do you have any advice for people who want to start getting into designing their own board games or any kind of games that you wish you would have known when you started? 
Yes, play, play, and play. Like, play, <laughs> literally, you won't know a mechanic unless you have played it before. Sure, you might think of a mechanic, but maybe someone else has done it better. Most games aren't original nowadays. They tend to be an amalgamation of mechanics that we've learned over playing over the years, and that's totally okay because they create new and fun, unique experiences per game. Part of that, though, is that you got to be careful of things like Kickstarter. Don't put a B-plus game up on Kickstarter when with just a little bit more work and time, it could have been an A-plus. That's actually really solid advice. Yeah. I would say basically you're investing in yourself. Right? Believe in yourself because you want other people to believe in you as well. Exactly. All right, Talon. Well, Elder Die on Kickstarter now. How can people get a hold of you if they want to reach out to you? about the game or anything else? I will actually be running a live stream during the Kickstarter wow. for the several things because that's what Kickstarter allows us to do now, fancy enough. <laughs> uh, so I will be on Kickstarter, I believe, either every day or every other day at a certain time. The times will be on that Kickstarter itself when I get that posted up. If not, you can always reach me at talon at catdragongames.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. All right. And uh, speaking of Kickstarters, if you guys have never done a Kickstarter, I'm not going to lie, I've only done one ever in my entire life. You fail. I know. There's a reason for it, because I've been trying to save up money. But I did uh, I did back a very uh, very special dinosaur-type game recently. Oh, so that was my no. first and only Kickstarter I've ever backed in my entire life. You chose wisely. I chose wisely. <laughs> yeah, di- I didn't know Dinosaur Island had a Kickstarter. Oh! Uh, <laughs> oh I'm sorry. <laughs> Ouch. I love Sean. <laughs> but you guys do a lot of Kickstarters. A few. Yeah, here and there. <laughs> so I thought, why don't we? Uh... Okay, I didn't think of this. It wasn't my idea. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to take credit for this in case it's bad. Um, but what if? What if we did a little segment? Special delivery of all the Kickstarters that you've uh, funded recently and have received. Yeah, we thought it'd be nice to actually say, "Hey, this came in. How did it go? How was the Kickstarter? Was there drama?" Was it smooth? And we need to update on our wonderful show-backed Awful Orphanage. Cool. Awful Orphanage. Oh, yes. It was quite evil. Oh, I thought it was just you were talking about your childhood. Anywho. Uh, <laughs> I was. Oh, okay, okay. So I, um, I sold them the rights to my life story. <laughs> I didn't say I got anything for it. Fair enough. <laughs> bowl of porridge. I was going to say a bowl of porridge and you know maybe some slices of bread. Uh, but what are some of the Kickstarters? I know some of these we have mentioned on the podcast before. Uh, what are some that you've gotten recently? Uh, I got a copy of uh, Chocolatiers in from Daily Magic Games. Uh, Chocolatiers is a game where you're basically collecting tiles uh, of chocolates and making a box of chocolates. Uh, the game comes in a box. It's a medium-smallish box. Um, they actually had a bit of an issue with this where typically a boxed game should come delivered in a box. This came delivered in a bag. Oh, and uh, it, it's... The it's, bag was padded, but still they had some issues where some of the boxes were kind of damaged. That's unfortunate because I think that's just a cost-saving kind of shortcut they that well, some people would do. In, actually, this was out of their control. So they oh. specifically told the manufacturer, we want boxes for these, not bags. And the manufacturer delivered in bags anyways. Oof. So what they're doing, stand-up company, uh, they're actually reimbursing people uh, if there's damaged parts or if they need a new box or whatever. They're covering all that for them. So oh, that's nice. Good on Daily Magic for, you know, kind of picking up where the manufacturer dropped the ball. Um, mine went, was turned out really good, so I was happy with it. 
So yeah. And how was the game itself? Like um, when you opened the box, what was it like? Uh, when I opened the box, uh, the box is nice and tight. It's not too loose. I hate it when a box is like likely to fall open. Um, all the pieces were like secure, good chunky pieces for the cardboard and whatnot. So was it a tuck box or? Oh no, no, it's an actual box, like a nice. pull the box lid off uh, mm-hmm. kind of box. Um, it was a one month early delivery. Oh, actually. nice. So, yeah, uh, which is not super common in the Kickstarter world because things could go crazy. But this one actually came in ahead of time. So I was really happy with it. Uh, the next one, also, BJ got in and so did Sean. Special uh, delivery! <laughs> <laughs> uh, they both got in Mephisto, Mephisto. by uh, Dylan Mangini. I love that song I by believe he's Heavy Metal band. band. <laughs> Mephisto? It's like, yes. March of Mephisto. It, if yes. New Mutants is done right, Mephisto will be the bad guy. Ooh, <laughs> it will not be done right. Anywho, uh, so yes, Dylan is, lo- is local guy. Yeah. yeah. So how was it? How was your uh, shipment? How was everything uh, when well, you got it delivered? It was actually delivered six months earlier than promised. Whoa. Yeah, crazy pants. It is a uh, basically a deck of cards, mm-hmm. and it comes in a tuck box. Um, but the art is amazing. The card quality is really nice. They shuffle well. Um, the art, like I said, it's top notch. It's kind of a deep yeah. cell shaded. Um, you can see where there's some inspirations from some other uh, things in geek culture. But uh, we actually got a chance to play this one too, and it plays really nice. Um, it looks really creepy but cartoony at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Just looking at some of the images. And what it is is you play from your perspective of the side of the board. So okay. you have lanes one, two, and three, left or right. But in, say, a four-player game, the person to your left, they play what are to you the rows, and those mm-hmm. are their columns. And the person across from you plays one, two, and three from their left to right. So, And then it's a matter of manipulating the board and you know killing monsters. You want to get uh, 12 to 15 points depending on player count. Um, you can add monsters in. You can kill a monster to get points for yourself. But if you know you can't kill a monster, you can swap it out of somebody else's row so they're not going to be able to get it. Uh, it plays uh, it plays a little long at four players, but at two players, definitely the sweet spot. Oh, yeah. awesome. And uh, it came all pretty and perfect. Yeah, and it was packaged well. No damage whatsoever. No drama because it got finished yeah, no six months early. <laughs> uh, awesome. And uh, do we have any other games? Uh, BJ also got in, uh, oh, I'm going to murder it, Anthelon. Hold on. An- Special delivery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, BJ got in, uh, Sean, just say it. Anthelion Conclave of Power. Anthelion. <laughs> and this is uh, Button Shy Games, and okay. they're, they're known for pocket games, games, wallet Ooh. games that, you know, could fit in your wallet. They are generally maybe 10 to 25 cards total. Um, I don't know too much about this game. I didn't uh, back it, but it did deliver in four months. So also like within its the what how is that within the time limit that they wanted? I don't know how early it was, but for a game to come in only four months, granted this is not a big game, uh, it's still impressive. And Button Shy always delivers. Definitely a company you can trust. And he was happy with how they deliver it, how it looked, everything with it. Yep, it came in, came, they have a classic, uh, you remember those old uh, kind of plasticky wallets, mm-hmm. the rubberized ones that mm-hmm. you'd get for, with a, for a name tag or something at a membership or with something? Yeah. They come in in something similar to that. Okay. But a little more durable. 
Yeah, I back a lot of button-shy games, and they always, like, their delivery spot on, um, all their games are really fun, and they all come in those wallets, and they, that actually protects the games and the cards really well. Awesome. And uh, do we have any other ones that we, we would like to feature? We do have one. Special delivery! Thank you, I'm just really excited <laughs> for this. <laughs> I just want to know when I can play it. Anyway, well, what is it? Uh, this one, for those that remember way back, uh, about 16 months ago, we decided, as a show, we were going to research, put out a poll, and back a game. The games that it came down to, uh, one being The Awful Orphanage, another one being Morn Quest, and the third one was a big minis game that I can't remember right now. Anyway. <laughs> All three funded, but the one the show backed was The Awful Orphanage. The a, Awful Orphanage. A mildly evil game. Okay, say that five times fast. Okay, really don't. <laughs> you at home do it. I was going to do it. Um, well, this game, throughout their campaign, all their updates were very thematic, very storytelling you of mm -hmm. who the characters are and what they did. And and um, they actually didn't get a lot of their stretch goals or their social goals. Okay. But they did fund and they did put out the game. They were about two months past their promise date. They promised about a year, and it took about 14 months total. Okay. Not so, terrible. Yeah, really not bad for Kickstarter, for bigger games. This I would call this a medium-sized game. It does have minis. It's got a board with magnetic sides mm -hmm. that you fold up to help lay these tiles in the board and keep them in place so they're not going everywhere. Interesting. Um, no drama, no financial drama, no, no, we need more money, shipping got screwed up, nothing like that. Uh, it came in... Uh, I really kind of forgotten about it, and it popped up. And, uh, it was it a was, nice surprise in the mail? It was a nice <laughs> surprise in the mail. It's a big box. Um, Huge box. Special delivery! <laughs> <laughs> um, the art is beautiful. It's the exact style that they'd promised the whole time. It's very orphanage, you know, 1800s or orphanage, and something spooky's going on. And the room tiles have names like... Uh, the one the rats won't even go in. <laughs> the room where Jenny disappeared. Oh. Uh, the morgue. Because every good orphanage <laughs> needs a morgue. Well, I mean, you can't show how many kids are dying when you own an orphanage <laughs> back in the day, right? Exactly. Well, thematically, Mrs. Pendergast is, uh, uh, I guess, selling off these children to a demon known as the, the Gaunt and Sinister Man. Hmm. And he roams around the halls, through the walls, through the rooms. He doesn't need doors, just trying to catch children, trying to escape the orphanage. This sounds like one of those Mexican uh, stories they tell us uh, to get us to go to sleep and shut the <laughs> hell up. Like La, La Llorona or uh, uh, El Cucuy. <laughs> well, you also have to contend with the orderlies. Mm. Luckily, on their turn, they could go on coffee break. In, in this game, they call it tea break. Because oh, tea break. High tea. High tea. Um, so the first half of the game, you you put out tiles trying to connect the attic to the uh, Mrs. Pendergast's room. Because in order to get out, you have to find a talisman, go to Mrs. Pendergast's room, where if you have the talisman, the Gaunt and Sinister Man will destroy her and consume her and kill her. And it's a oh. really nice orphanage. It's really nice. <laughs> I feel like I want to be there. Yeah. So the first mm. part of the game, you do that. Once a path has been has been cleared or set to the, the Miss Pendergast room. Then you start playing in turns, taking a number of actions. You can move for one action. 
You can search. That's where you mm-hmm. try to find the loot, trying to find the talismans to be able to get out. Overall, the rulebook did have some problems. It made it hard to know exactly how to set up the rooms because how doors are laid out with walls, it was a little unclear. But once we got it played uh, properly, it does have some really good points. One, um, with proper board setup, you can manipulate the board as you go, adding in new paths. Like, I'm never going to get by that. The gaunt man is always there. So you can build out around it and try to explore more of the, the orphanage to find a different path. Um, and that can be very attacky, and that can be very <laughs> messing with people quite a bit. Um, the cards, huge balancing issues. I had a card that let me change from one side of the board to the other, and I happen hmm. to have a talisman. So I was pretty much right there and could win in a turn. You can affect people. Uh, you play items to make them lose items and maybe lose a talisman and stuff. All in all, it's a good, lightweight game, uh, good for playing with younger players, actually. The okay. theme is a little dark, yes, but it's done in a in a more light humor kind of way. Okay. So for me, personally, probably a 5.5 out of 10. Oh. So. Just for the whole experience or just the game itself? The experience. The, okay. Or, excuse me, the game itself, the gameplay. The components okay. are beautiful, though. The art is great. The components actually have velvet backs on the uh, tiles to help them hold to the board better so they're not sliding around all the time. That's cool. I would actually like to see that in more games. <laughs> and that was The Awful Orphanage by Workhouse Games. As a company, I would say keep following them. They put out their Kickstarter as promised. Maybe what? not the best, most. It's not TI4. <laughs> but they're definitely on their way. They've got the art. They've got the creativity and the writing to do great games. So I would say definitely follow them. and Keep an eye out. Yep, keep an eye out. Uh, and I hear that it is still award season for yeah. gaming. It is. Are you excited? This is the Academy Awards for board games. This is the Spiel des Jahres. This the goes no- tight. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this uh, these are the nominees were released for 2019. Now the awards won't be awarded till I think around October sometime in the, uh, during the Essen Fair. Mm-hmm. So the nominees for the family friendly Spiel des Jahres are just one, Werewords, and Llama. Have you guys played all of these? Well, I played just one. <laughs> I have not played Llama. You guys have you guys looked into it? Do you know what it is, or is it? I wonder if it's like Camel Up. I don't know. I it think looks like it. There's a llama. Yeah, I haven't played llama. Um, I haven't played Werewords. I played just one. I vote just one. Yeah, let's just vote just one all the time. I mean, just because it's so good and it's so like you could just play that with anybody. You can mm-hmm. roll people in and out. And uh, I should have bought it the other day. Fantastic game. All, th- all three of these play in under twenty minutes. Really? Yeah. We might have to do like instead of a four X con like a. 20 minute con. A 20 minute con. <laughs> or all games have to be played under 20 minutes. <laughs> the cons for 20 minutes. You want to rent your building. What's how much you charge by the minute? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a very, very sad John. Anyway. <laughs> uh, next up, the uh, the Kinderspiel des Jahres, which is the, uh, the the kids' games. We have Fablu Antica, mm-hmm. Go Gecko Go, Go and Gecko Go. Talder Winkinger. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I think it's a German game. <laughs> you do? It's by Haba. And Haba tends to put out really good kids games. And yeah. I've bought Haba games in German. 
and we still play them and they're still good they're still great i wait for the the reissues to come to the united mm -hmm. states or the english versions at least yeah hub is really good as far as like putting out family games they're, they're always in there what are some of their yeah. family games that they've put out Animal I got, upon Animal? Yeah, Animal upon Animal. They they do, not only that, they do good components, like metal tins and stuff. Ooh. I got one that is basically, it's a metal volcano with a metal cap, mm -hmm. and the your kids play as dragons flying around trying to collect uh, jewels and stuff. Mm -hmm. And as you play, you're dropping these jewels and some coal into the volcano. Well, the bottom part of the volcano has a dome top to it. So at the right time, when you're supposed to make the volcano erupt, you simply lift off the top ring, which dumps all these jewels randomly Ooh. around the board. So it's actually really interesting and quite engaging, and it's not a hard game. But Haba really steps up when they don't... They take kids' games seriously. They're not just yeah. pandering. That's awesome, because that's, that's the unfortunate thing with some of the kids' games I've seen. It's here's something very, very basic and, you know, just patronizing it's like hey you're dumb here's a fun game and like he was saying like a lot of their their games have wood pieces mm -hmm. um and they're fun for adults to play with kids i think that's kind of their driving thing is that they want kids games that are accessible to kids but they know adults are gonna be playing and you don't want to just be like oh god i don't want to do this again. i don't want to play shoots and ladder again <laughs> even though shoots and ladder is fun <laughs> <laughs> i get the ladders um so our category the one we've been waiting for the slightly heavier Kennerspiel des Jahres. Kennerspiel des Jahres. Now, these ones are Carpe Diem by Ravensburger and Detective by Portal Games. Now, this is the one where you're trying to solve the mysteries using real internet web pages and mm -hmm. real links out. It really huh. kind of a different party game where to host a murder, but all you even have one person you're assigned to the laptop. Interesting. Or tablet or whatever. Yeah. So. I, I like that a lot. Just I love being able to introduce like other components, not just the typical game pieces, into an actual game. And last up from Stone Myers, Wingspan. This is the beautiful game about birds and bird watching. Birds. And I feel like awesome eggs. you guys have played this before. I feel like I heard BJ talk about this. We have played it, and I own it, and I play it a lot. <laughs> Uh, if I had, if I was the betting man, uh, my vote would definitely go for Wingspan. Me too. White hot. Oh my god! Everybody is talking about this game, and not just people inside gaming circles. Like people that are outside of gaming, kind of like are the, able to play this game. Kind of like the Catans of the world. Yeah, kind of that thing. I mean, especially like being a bird theme and looking mm -hmm. like real birds. Like people mm -hmm. in the Audubon Society are really interested in it. This game's getting talked about in like you know. New York Times and stuff like this, like really way outside the normal spectrum of gaming. So that's really awesome. Yeah. That's very impressive on their part. Yeah, that one was designed by Elizabeth Hargrave. And honestly, Stonemeyer didn't think it was going to do good. Really? Like they, they're not down on it. They backed it like normally, they pushed it. But it's been so popular, they've had to reprint. I think they're on another reprint, like a third reprint right mm -hmm. now, just trying to get games out to everybody that wanted them. Oh, damn. So it's blown up. So, yeah, that's my vote, too, Wingspan. Well, guys, uh, definitely check out some of these games if you haven't, because they might be award-winning very, very soon. <laughs> and Josh? Play nice.